This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And good morning. This is Lisa Graham from Watsika, Illinois. And you're listening to a special Draft Horse episode of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network, presented by the Draft Horse Journal, the world's foremost heavy horse publication. Today, our episode is number 1622, coming to you on February 2nd. This episode is brought to you by the Clydesdale Breeders of the USA, Good morning, heavy horse world. Good morning. Mm, Wow, that's a pretty big butt. As I promised, we are going to have a class that is second to none. We are going to be bringing in the Clydesdales, the Belgians, and the Percherons in the arena. It's so funny uh, hearing you when we do the opener, Lisa, because because we're chatting before the show and laughing about this and that, and then all of a sudden we do the opener. You go into you go into radio announcer voice. It's like, <laughs> well, would you like to tell them what we were talking about before oh, we, we were started talking the show? about Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls? Everybody's heard of Uncle Jimmy's <laughs> hanging balls, apparently, except you. I- I have not. And so, yeah, you said, here we go. I started your morning funny. I I just can't believe some of his products. Oh, he's got squeezy buns and licky things. And then also he, for chickens, he has pecker wreckers. And there, there's these (laughs) things that the chickens, you know, it's like a treat for chickens. I I understand. (laughs) So you can, the audience can kind of see why I was (laughs) <laughs> trying to go into my announcer mode because when that's your that's your foretalk, it's a little it's a little strange leading into just, the professional. I can just but, hear you squirming. I can hear it. Yeah, I was I wasn't. It's one of those things where I was afraid to ask, but I couldn't not ask. So <laughs> I opened the door. <laughs> hey, we got good bad news. We got bad news for everybody. Good news for us in Florida. Oh, no. Bad news for everybody. That's where it's cold. Uh, that's right. Oh. Puxatoni Phil saw his shadow today. Six more weeks of winter. Just uh, we, I just saw on our local radio that it's going to be below freezing again for the next week. And it just seems like we're kind of getting hit hard here in the Midwest with it. Well, you can blame the groundhog. I mean, none of us <laughs> like groundhogs much anyway. So there you go. <laughs> no, no. So a lot of exciting things since we chatted uh, in January. It's First of all, it's hard to believe it's February already. But in January, I got a chance to go to your old ground, the Pennsylvania Farm Show. Oh, did it Harrisburg. snow? Did and, you have a blizzard? Was there a major ice storm? Did everybody get <laughs> stuck on the highway? That's what usually happens at our farm show. No, none of the above. Wow. This is the first year in, in probably 15 or 20 years that I've been going that we didn't have record snows or ices or anything like that. But I'm going to tell you, I have never seen a bigger crowd of all the shows I go to. I I just don't understand farm show. There were so many people there to watch the farm show that they park them three miles away and they bust them in on school buses. And 
it was like a convention of a yellow bus. There was never less than 10 buses in the roundabout dropping people. It was the craziest. At one point, they were shutting it down because they had met the capacity by the fire marshal. And so, and it's we, just when we were going crazy. forty years ago, I mean, the place was packed. I, I, you forget getting food. They're known for their baked potato stand there, and yeah, uh, and, yep. and I actually sat. I got a funny story for you. I sat beside the guy who runs the baked potato stand on an airplane one day coming home, Harrisburg. And uh, I got talking to him, and he said, yeah, my family's been doing that for a year. That's all they do is the baked potato mm-hmm. stand at the farm show once a year, and that's how they make their livings. Yeah. Well, they've expanded now because the big line this year was for the potato donuts. Mm. And and the line was crazy. And the milkshakes, you know, like it is always cold there, but the milkshake line, it's just it's just a phenomenal Turn out of people. I don't know how which you it makes walk. me sad. I don't know how you could walk. You can't. You literally can't. <laughs> and everybody and their brother had a peacock feather. So <laughs> trying to walk around and you know four hundred thousand people through the week carrying peacock feathers. It was kind of funny. But I wish that our industry, when we're out there in October for the Keystone International, there is hardly any participation from the locals. I mean, the crowd is the worst part of that show because when you show all the horses and they're coming from us and canada you want a, a nice crowd there's sometimes not 25 people in the crowd but you go a few months later to farm show and they're turning people away because the arena is full and it's just i wish the people there could come out in october and support those hitches like they come out and support the farm show and i was kind of I, I'm friends with the, the director, and I was telling Harrison, I said, you just need to offer all this food. Potato donuts, during- that's it. <laughs> yeah, people will come. And, and so I hope they're, I hope they're on a, a way to get more people you know, to think, come and enjoy all the horse shows out there. I think part of it, too, with the farm show, one, it's an institution. It's been there for like 150 years. And the, right. the other thing, too, is it's got all the animals. It's got horses and chickens and cows and sheep and goats. And right. I mean, it's just got everything, um, yeah. which I think is part of the appeal to it. And the sheep to shaw contest is very popular there. And they, I just, you know, right. the, the auction with the cows and all of that stuff is just... And then, of course, horse pulling. They packed that place for horse pulling you probably have to get there an hour ahead now yeah Uh, well if you come in for the morning show you just don't leave because if you leave your seat you lose your seat you'll never get it back so yeah yeah. and it was kind of neat we have one of our upcoming guests on today's show is Rhonda cole and it was kind of neat at the farm show her father-in-law john was inducted into the agriculture hall of fame and received an award from the deputy Deputy Secretary of Agriculture, and it was just a great presentation. So, you know, good things happen during the farm show for the draft horses as well. And the thing is, if if you've not been there, and you have to realize they only allow Pennsylvania exhibitors to show. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting a lot of horses in from all over. You're focusing on the great people that represent the state of Pennsylvania. So it, it was a good show. It was a tremendous show. Well, Jennifer, what else is coming up on today's show? Well, on today's Draft Horse Journal episode brought to you by Clydesdale Breeders of the USA, Chad Fro- Chad Murrowinski, Murrow- Murrowsinski, I'll get it right, Chad, I'm sorry, 
tells us about a really cool 4-H program for draft horse enthusiast kids. And then, as Lisa mentioned, Rhonda from Penwood's Percheron, she's going to take us through a day in the life of a large-scale breeding operation. And then after the break, Eleanor Roberts has a preview of the Draft Horse Classic Nevada City Fairgrounds in Grass Valley, California. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you, Jennifer. You went to another event out in Denver, too, which is quite large and quite popular. <laughs> yeah, it, and most people think about horse shows are summertime, but actually in January, I was gone the first three weekends. You know, we did farm show right away at the beginning of the year, and then we go out to Loveland, Colorado, which is the big Thunder Draft Horse Show. And that's kind of like a prelude into the National Western Stock Show because that it's it was a really a smart creation to have two shows. So exhibitors that are going to travel all across the country to get there. There was hitches from Michigan, I believe was our furthest from Michigan, that traveled out there. So to give them two shows to compete at, you know, makes it more financially sound and, and, and just it's if you're keeping horses ready all fall and winter to go to a show, it's great to have two of them. So Big Thunder was in Loveland, Colorado, and that show was kind of setting the stage for the hitch season as we kicked off the first of the year. And a lot of fun things happened. You saw some driver changes. You saw some driver errors. You saw um, you just saw some family hitches. It was a great show, and that's one, too, where you have to buy your tickets way in advance because it sells out. So anytime we can say a draft horse show sells out, I think we're all winners. Um, so you lay over in Loveland, and then everybody moves into Denver down to the stock show. And, and historically, one of the neatest barns, the facilities, and kind of like you said about Pennsylvania, all the animals are there. You get to see the buffalo and the bison. I went to my first buffalo auction, and I had no idea what buffalo were worth or, or how they yeah, valued yeah, what them. Are those, what's a but, buffalo go for these days? Well, they would bring pens of five, uh, five in at a time, five cows. And I think the average we were watching was anywhere from four to $5,000. But then when they'd bring the... Yeah, but when they'd bring the big bull in, he was going for anywhere from six to ten thousand. So, you know, they were saying for about fifty thousand you can get a herd started. But just to see the buffalo and wow. you know, you really do they're creatures that are just amazing. So we moved into the Denver stock show and the horsepower there, you know, most of the hitches came right from Loveland in there. And then there was a lot of locals that came and at Denver they have a first class farm competition. They have um, farm machinery, they have uh, log skidding, they have feed team races. And I have to tell you, for the first time in a long time, the Clydesdales dominated at these races, the feed races, um, the, the log skidding. Clydesdales were on their game. Huh. And, and I'm telling you, there were 30 entries in some of these classes, 30. So, they sound like fun Again, to watch, the though, farming, huh? they were. And, you know, the show adds to it. They add the music, and they get the spectators involved, and you pick your favorite, and you cheer them on. And, yeah, but it was it was a good, it was a great show. And then when it comes to the Six Horse Hitches, of course, at Denver, the arena is huge. Um, the Six Horse Hitches were a, a great class, but then the Eight Horse Hitches, not a lot of shows anymore have the room to accommodate an eight horse hitch, but in Denver and Loveland, of course they did. 
And I was a little skeptic. It, it was hard for me to announce because they brought five in at a time, five eight horse hitches into the ring at one time, and then brought all 10 back in for the final judging. So that is a ring full of horses, ten, but just as important. Eight, 10 hitches, eight horse hitches? Ten. Wow. Eight horse hitches. Just, yeah. And I, you know, the horses are but beautiful. But they have traffic police in there with. <laughs> <laughs> you almost. Well, no, the barn was clean. Everybody was gone. But, you know, I have to give a hat off to our drivers because, like I said, I was skeptical announcing, thinking, this is going to be tight. This is going to be scary. But there was never one blemish. It went off at both shows with no problems. And our drivers in this industry are phenomenal. So. It's it it was a great show, but you and I kind of talked about the crud, and I don't think there's ever been a draft horse show where more people developed the the crud or the sickness as we did in Denver. Almost every single hitch had one, two, or three of the crew members that were just totally wiped out out of it. I mean, the diarrhea, the vomiting, the pain—it was crazy and. It hit, it hit us too. I was delayed on my flight coming home. We spent a day at the emergency room, but hats off to these people that kept going because my goodness, that it was horrible. It was the worst crud we've ever experienced at a horse show. Well, I don't know how you don't, you're not sick all the time. You're traveling all the time around all these people. See, that's why I never leave the studio. Because then I don't get sick. <laughs> we we went away last weekend, our first time all month going away, and Jennifer gets sick. See, that's that's oh. why I don't leave. I just never leave. Well, it solves the problem. Just keep eating your vitamins. That's that's what I say. <laughs> keep eating the vitamins. <laughs> all right, let's talk about but, the uh, National Clydesdale sale. Speaking of Clydes, uh, and then we'll go to our first guest. Well, I have been a part of this National Clydesdale sale as long as I can remember. And I think the one thing that we want to talk to you about is the Clydesdale breeders put on the one of the only standalone breed sales of its kind. And they've been doing it for years. Kathy and her, and her crew have it down to a science. Uh, of course, the largest offering of Clydesdales anywhere on the planet is the main event. But that's only part of the jam-packed three-day affair. It truly is an event. On Thursday, April 27th, you can take in educational seminars from some of the industry's top experts. The horses are starting to come in to get in position for the sale, and the Clydesdale Breeders of the U.S. will also hold their annual meeting on Thursday. And then the next day, the tack equipment and the collectible sale start Friday morning, and literally will have something for everyone in every budget, whether you want a mug that has the Budweiser Clydesdales on it or you want a harness it is going to be there. Everything to get you set up in our Clydesdale industry. Uh, if you want to, there to be to, to buy a horse, pick out the horse or the horses that you want, and you can watch them in the sale preview. We bring in all of the age groups together so that you can get an overall look at the balance of all the horses and pick your favorite out. And then Friday night is the best attended annual banquet, banquet of the association. There's music. Anheuser-Busch puts on the pre-party. Uh, there's a fundraising auction that just is an amazing get-together. Again, it's not just a, a sale of horses. It is a family gathering. But the sale itself, if you're there to buy horses, begins at 9 o'clock sharp on Saturday, which will be April 29th. 
Nowhere, not even in Scotland, will you find a bigger offering of Clydesdale horses, nor better genetics. We have some of the best in our industry consigned. Mare, stallions, geldings, teams, young stock. And this year, we're excited to have a riding horse portion to our sale. If you're looking for a horse specifically to ride a Clydesdale, we do have a special section of our sale that is just going to spotlight the riding horses. The place to be is the National Equestrian Center in Lake St. Louis, Missouri. It's the perfect site for the sale with plenty of space for hundreds of vendors. You will see we have a lot of merchandise, everything from our industry being highlighted to promote the draft horses, everything that you need. Plus, there will be a breeder's row where you can go see stallions, see parts of the breeding program set up by some of these exhibitors. Breed enthusiasts attend from all points of the world, and why wouldn't they? It's the single largest Clydesdale sale and convention held anywhere. If you've looked at the books and you've seen record prices for the Clydesdales, they were set at the National Clydesdale Sale. The buyers come because it's where the best horses are consigned. You can get educated there through the educational seminars. You can get assistance from any of the members. The Clydesdale group is a family that helps to promote. And, you know, we are honored to be the iconic Clydesdales that most people associate with Anheuser-Busch. But we invite you to come and be a part of our family. So for any more information and a schedule of events, you can visit the Clydesdale Breeders of the USA on their website, which is www.clydesusa.com. And they can you can click on the events and find our show information. Or for questions about consigning a horse, call Dave Hennen. He is our sale chairman. You can call him at 314-520-9255. Or you can find him at Dave.Hennen, H-E-N-N-E-N, at Anheuser-Busch.com. So I hope that you can join us in April when we celebrate the Clydesdales. Sounds terrific. You made me want to go. I, I, I want you to come. You, I, need to, you need to come. <laughs> Jennifer won't let me because then I want to buy something. And so you know how that is. I won't give... We won't give you a bidder's number. You can just come and be our <laughs> official. I'm sure you can write it off somehow. <laughs> All right. Chad is ready. Good yeah, morning, good morning, Chad. How, How are, are you? you? How are things in Indiana? Uh, a little I'm, cold I'm this doing... morning, but that's that's typical. <laughs> that's what we were just talking about. The Midwest is going to get hammered once again. But where you're located, you kind of get all those lake effects. I know that's that seems to happen every year. As much as we'll complain about it, I don't know why it's, <laughs> it's always going to happen. So why why complain? It, right. Well, again, joining us now is Mr. Chad Mrozinski, and Chad has grown up in the draft horse industry. His his family is very actively involved with showing Belgians. Um, but today, what we're going to talk to you about is the the Laporte County, Indiana, 4-H draft horse program. And this is truly unlike any program that 4-H has, has ever experienced. And, and I've been your announcer there before, so I have seen this. But we're going to talk a little bit about getting the youth involved with the draft horses. And I think the key part of your show is, is that these 4-H members don't have to own their own horse because there's always somebody willing to, to lend them a horse to be a part of this event. Yes, that is true. And, that is true. All right, and it's this, and it's this, called the Wagon Masters, correct? Is and and tell me about the name Wagon yeah, Masters because that just radiates draft horse. Yeah, well, <clears throat> like 
like most, like, you know, Lisa and a few others, um, the LaPorte County Draft Horse Association and the 4-H Wagon Masters was founded back in the 1970s. And one of the co-founders was my grandparents, Bob, Bob and Louise Merzinski. And mm-hmm. they had a few, few other friends, um, with them at the time. Um, this Merle Banwert, Jim Gimmerling, and Ned Youngblood was their names. And they were all farmers there in LaPorte County. <clears throat> and they, um, at the time, their kids were teenagers. And my grandparents, they were pulling horses at the time. And so as just like myself or any other 4-H member, I mean, they're always wanting to be involved with horses. And they got together and formed this association, Lowport County Dress Horse Association, but then they also added 4-H side of it and Wagon Masters, I think. I mean, it speaks for itself, obviously, to where they could get kids then involved from 10 to 18 years old. Um, and that's pretty much how the ball got rolling from that point. I mean, it was it was a, a purpose of, you know, educating and expedition and, and, and you know, and just continuing to improve on the draft horse breed through competition, basically at the fair. So it was a great, a great setup at the time. And, and, uh, here we are 40 some years later and, uh, the program has just blossomed, if you will, from maybe back in the early seventies from, you know, five to six kids that they had to currently we are at 60, 60 head of, of four H'ers. And like you said, the the inner city kids is what what is amazing to me is we have so many of them today that are involved. And, um, you know, this program is set up to where you mentioned earlier that the the 4-H members don't have their own own their own horses. And I, I think this is strongly why the program continues to grow the way it does. Um you know, we, we've, we've probably got the most, um, head of horses for a County, um, you know, whether if it's in Indiana or Ohio or Illinois or wherever, but, you know, you, you've been around so many of these shows over the years, Lisa, that, you know, you know, you see the numbers. And for, for when I tell people that we'll have over a hundred head of horses at LaPorte County fair, I mean, to me, that's unheard of. I mean, you've, you've traveled the countryside just as much as I have. I mean, these, they, I mean, they don't have to be the hitch horses by no means. I mean, farm horses, horses are horses. Farm horses is what we have. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a group effort on everybody's part, obviously, but it's the horse owners and the parents of these kids, I mean, are, are another huge success to be the willing, you know, participants in that too, that, that exactly. the horse owners are able to, to work with the kids and, and, uh, it's a good fit. I mean, I, I think this is how we continue to do what we do. I mean, that's for sure. Absolutely. Thing. Well, I think, I think one of the, the big things that I have seen when I was at your show is about respect. And not only do these kids get a chance to, to go in the arena with a horse, but they're kind of learning respect for the owners. And 
and I heard a few of them always saying, oh, on Saturday at one o'clock, we have to be there because we're going to harness and we're going to practice. And that yeah. kind of gives them a purpose too. I mean, they're dedicated. They respect the person letting them have the horse. They literally fall in love with those horses. And as you said, your numbers are continuing to grow. So it, it's a positive thing that is a dream, you know, like you said, 40 years ago, that is now, I have literally been there when there's been 45 carts in the cart class. And my first thought right. is the poor judge, how do, how do you <laughs> sort out 45 <laughs> carts down to one? And, uh, you know, Laporte has a reputation. If you're going to judge there or you're announcing there or you're ring man there, you know, you're going to be in the arena all day because Every kid gets a fair chance. Every kid gets their shot in front of the judge. And it, it's an honor. It's not just a blue ribbon. If you win a class at LaPorte County Fair in the, in the youth division, that's a major, that's like the gold medal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's funny you say about the judging, and no different than the announcing of the, the ring, ring stewardess there, that when I call to get judges every year, <laughs> And they hear me and I say, hey, this is Chad Mrazinski calling for the Fort County Fair. <laughs> yes, Chad. Yes, we, I don't know if I can do that. I don't, and these are qualified individuals and they always are sidestepping like, you've got 50, 60 kids. I don't know if I'm capable of doing that, you know? And, and I'm I like, know. you've just judged, judged major shows throughout <laughs> the U.S. and you're telling me you can't judge this show. <laughs> so it, it is very funny to hear people and, and, uh, and after it's all said and done, just like any show, everybody's always happy that they were able to participate and judge the show. And, and it's a learning experience. And, and for the kids especially, I mean, uh, back <clears throat> 10 years ago to 20 years ago that um, I would take, well, about 10 years ago, I guess, I would take um, kids that did in the top two of their divisions, let's say, um, I would take them to the state fair and let them participate in the 4-H side of it for the Indiana state fair. And, uh, you know, kids walking into a Coliseum, I mean, like you said, their eyes open up, they get to see <laughs> something other Absolutely. than the county fair. I mean, it's, you know, it's just like myself and a few others that over the years, I mean, that's how we learned. I mean, I, I went to the Indiana state fair before we started showing and you sit back and you analyze things and you start, you know, you teaching yourself and you ask questions and, and that's what we're doing. That's how, that's how I got my passion for this was to, you know, sure. interact with the kids and, you know, they start asking questions and they, they feel comfortable. And I'm like, well, before you know it, you, you know, I start sharing some They're of my of skills and knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a win-win for everybody. And, and, uh, you know, let's face it. Some of these kids will not go on to some state fairs, but to me, LaPorte County is a state fair for them. You know, it's, it's, it's a great honor to be a part Absolutely. of it. And, uh, Absolutely. Worked out great. So when we talk about, there are, like we just said, there are kids that once they're through the program, they are done, but there are some that have went through your program that today as, as young adults in their early twenties are continuing in our draft horse industry. And, you know, I, yeah, I've recently yeah. got to meet, Deb, Deb Kinsel, she's from Laporte and yep. she went through your program and now she owns her own horse looking to buy more and very active. And Shelby Zarabinsky, her name pops out. Yep. She went through your program yep. 
and she is now yep. part of uh, the Anheuser Busch Budweiser Clydesdale. Bush Shelby's, Twitter. you know, yep. tra- traveling all around with yeah, the Clydesdale hits. And you, you yourself have made a living basically, you know, with the breeding and the judging and the showing it, it was a start for you as well. So there's some big things coming out. I wish that other states or different counties could learn because you are promoting our industry and, and helping so many. But one thing we forgot to touch about when you were talking about how this all began with your grandparents. Now, the last time I was there, big sign over the arena that has their name. Right. Yep. So that's, that's, a, that's a great, absolutely. That's a great tribute. And I know your family is, is very active in the horse world, but to come back to your roots and, and come back to LaPorte County, I, I think you're doing a great job. Um, any dreams for the future or any growth or any plans for the future? Well, it's, it's like you just mentioned, you mentioned Deborah and Shelby. I mean, for them to go on after the program and, and, um, go on to something horse related like they're doing. I mean, especially Shelby, I mean, Budweiser, I mean, that's to me, cream of the crop, you're right at the top there. And, uh, and you know, they're buying their own horses. And I've always stated this is, this is how you keep, keep the dream alive of a program. Like what we're doing is you have these, uh, you know, use if they're in their twenties their now, but let's face it. I mean, there, at some point, I think it comes full circle is they'll get older adults and they'll obviously maybe bought a few horses now. And then eventually they're going to have kids probably, or they're just going to come back to LaPorte County because of the success, how it all started for them. And I think, you know, that they, they'll start purchasing their horses. And I think you come back with them horses and then you give another group of kids a chance exactly. to start like how they did. And I, I just, exactly. I mean, with a, with that program, the way it's developed, I mean, I think we'll have a strong, uh, a strong program for years to come. I mean, that's how you keep it alive. And, and I mean, for 20 years of myself being out of the program, I mean, it was strong 20 years ago and I, and I see kids graduate from 4-H, if you will. And we have a new group come in every year and the kids, I mean, the, the amount of girls is amazing to me. <laughs> the boys of numbers have really have gone down. So, but still my point is, is that every year I keep thinking, how are we going to top it? How are we going to top it? Well, they surprise me every year because if five go out, eight come back in. So we're never, wow. like I said, five, six years now we've averaged 50 to 60. So it's, it's amazing. I mean, just word of mouth and, and, and like I said, the horse owners are great. The parents tell the other parents, the 4-Hers tell their friends. And, that you know, that's how the ball just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. And here we are, like I said, 40-some years later, that's that's how you continue continue what we're doing. So I, wow. I, I hope... Wow. I hope down the road that's that's how I envision all this to keep escalating. And my kids, my daughter will be in the program come next year. So that you know, for me, coming that full is circle, the fourth, generation. fourth generation. Yeah, right. Yeah. So wow, that's amazing. In my well, eyes, tell people, in my eyes, I, tell, I just, well, tell people where Laporte County is, or or how they can find out more information. And I know you you probably don't have your dates set in stone yet, but about what time of the year all this happens? 
Well, it's it's usually the mid July. Uh, I believe this year it's, it's um, the our four H dates this year are July twelfth and thirteenth. It's a two day show, and uh, for to do sixty kids, that's like Absolutely. you said, eight o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock at night. Uh, it is it is two full days. Um, you can get on Facebook. You know, Laporte County Fair. Uh, Draft Horse Association will have everything there. Um, we have basically three shows. We have an open show the first part of the that Saturday, Sunday before the fair starts. Then we have our county show that Monday, Tuesday. It'll be the 10th and 11th, and then the 12th and 13th of July is the is the 4-H show. So it is um, for you know six days there. It's uh, it's pretty jam packed <laughs> of, of horse horse classes basically. It is. Well, as as a mom of a junior showman, I just want to say thank you for supporting the youth because they are the future. You, like you say, you got four generations now that are, are that are participating in this and our future's in great hands because we have people like you and, and your grandfather and your parents that have, have helped to push kids, whether they own a horse or not, to be involved in it. So Hats off to you, and we're honored to have you as a guest today, and we hope more people that, especially if you live in, in Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, come over and watch Laporte and maybe try to incorporate that something into one of your fairs where maybe it doesn't have to be an official 4-H fair, but if you could just find people to lend horses to, to use to get them in the show arena once, they're going to come back and be a great addition to our family. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, mean, I will say that, that – it does take a lot of, a lot of time, you know, a lot of volunteer. I mean, it's all volunteer work, but it's like you said, by just putting in the effort and just having a team around you, I mean, you can just see it in the, the kids' faces. So, I mean, that to me is more, you know, that's your payback right there. Just seeing it in their exactly. faces, how much they do enjoy participating with horses. So. Good. Well, we appreciate you being on our show and, and I'm sure I'll be seeing you in July. Sounds good. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank see, you. Glenn, this is another. Glenn, you need to make another trip to Indiana. You you need to see this because I'm not kidding. When I say there's 50 carts in the arena, they have to break it down like six times because they can only bring eight or nine in at a time. It, it's it's absolutely crazy. And can you imagine being the one that wins the first place award? I know that you've really won. It's It's a lot different than being in the class where there's two of you. Right, so <laughs> <laughs> it's the gold medal. That's right. And you're right about the judge. I don't know how they do that. I don't know how they do it anyway. But uh, you know, I, when you have that many to choose from, after a while, it's it's a lot of carts and horses going around. It's just <laughs> <laughs> well, you you want to wear a blingy outfit to stand out. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, tell us what's going on over at the Clydesdale store and more. I have exciting news. Finally, happy to announce that tomorrow. On the 3rd of February, we go online. Oh, your website's going to be up? Website is up and running. I had no idea. You dealing with me know that I'm not tacky savvy at all. But the website is finally ready to make its debut tomorrow. So we'll be able to, to sell easily all around the world. I told you at Christmas time, I felt like I was working for Amazon.com because... <laughs> I was getting so many orders over Facebook and sending them out all over that I, I knew I had to concentrate on a on a better way. And so the site is going to be 
going live tomorrow morning. So that is www.theclydesdalestore.com. And I hope you'll find everything that you are interested in wearing and promoting our draft horse family because the word and more means a lot because that adds Belgians, it adds Pertrans, it adds Shires. We're just not about Clydesdales. We're about everything. And I have a new shirt in the works that you're going to absolutely love. It's got all kinds of animals on the front and it says, judge livestock, not people. That's perfect in today's today's environment. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that shirt is actually at the printer now. So it's going to be, I hope, a, a big one because... Man, there's so much negative out there that we got to remember. We got to focus on the good. So, <laughs> judge livestock, not people. <laughs> good job. <laughs> so, lots of things at the Clydesdale store. I'll be making uh, an appearance at coming up at Gordyville at the big horse sale coming up, um, the Mid America Horse Sale, uh, in just a couple weeks, and I'll have the booth set up and and lots of fun things to buy from jewelry to clothing to homeware. Uh, you name it, the Clydesdale store and more has it. We're able to ship. We're able to take your orders online as of tomorrow. And you can always find me on Facebook at the Clydesdale store and more. So lots of good things happening. Terrific. That sounds like fun. And of course, next up, we're going to be talking about my favorite breed of horses, aren't we? Oh, the Pertrans are coming up next with Rhonda Cole. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, How's Rhonda. My How are things horse in show announcer? <laughs> I'm. Oh, that's me, Glenn, not you. Oh, man. I'm doing I great. thought I, she was talking about me. All right. I see where doing I rate. Great. Well, we, we, before we get into this with Rhonda about the breeding program, I had talked earlier in the show that, that your father in law was honored at the farm show this year. And that, that was a very nice ceremony and and a lot of public officials and politicians said some super nice things to celebrate John and Susan's contributions to our draft horse industry. And I know you and and Chad and your family were there. And so it was nice to see everybody there. That that was a great way to, to honor somebody that's done so much for our industry and agriculture, not only in your state of Pennsylvania, but, but all over the world. So that was nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, he, that he was did. great they did that. I know he was very appreciative, and we are too. Yeah, great. Well, what we're going to talk to Rhonda about today, uh, her and her husband Chad and their family own Penwood Pertrans, and you're in Center Hall, Pennsylvania, which is kind of almost the center of the state. Uh, and not only are you Pertrans exhibitors and promoters and very active with your, with your Penwood equine products, but you have a breeding stable that is almost second to none in our draft horse industry. So we're going to go back a little bit in history. And when Glenn and I were doing our pre-show, I said, you know, Rhonda doesn't say a lot, but when she talks, you listen. And and so I'm so honored to have you as a guest because you're a no holds bar. You're just going to tell us uh, how it's going. I want you to start at the beginning about, the breeding season. It's now January 1st. What have you done to prepare to get ready for all of the breeding that you're going to be sending around the world? Well, uh, you know, we, we prepare all year long, really the, the stallions, you know, we have to maintain them even if it's not the breeding season, um, their feeding program, their exercise, you know, just, just 
preparing them just like preparing your mares that you're going to breed. Um, and then the end of December, we start collecting the stallions, uh, getting them cleaned out. You know, we, we try to get them, hmm. the, the semen collected two or three times before we have to ship any, just, just to make sure everything's they're clean, ready to go. Any dead cells that are left in there, you know, from the off-season are, are gone. And we just do our best to have, have them ready so that our customers are going to get the best product. Right. And so when you're talking about, okay, I, I'm in Illinois, and this is experience because you've done this for us. I'm in Illinois, but as I look through all of the Pertrin stallions out there and I decide who I'm going to breed my mare to and I find yours and you're all the way out in Pennsylvania, what are my options? Mm-hmm. Well, we, I mean, we breed depending on the year and how many stallions are standing here, we breed anywhere from 150 to close to 400 mares a year, some years. And about 75% of that is done with ship-chilled semen. So, you know, we collect the stallions here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We keep them on a schedule. It's really important, um, you know, Mm -hmm. for for their well-being and, and, you know, the, the semen product. So, uh, we will, we will ship on those days. Our, our clients work with a veterinarian or, you know, there are some private laymen now that aren't veterinarians, but they are very schooled in, you know, the insemination process. Um, they will monitor our client mares, uh, call us, on a you know on that scheduled day and say hey I need semen for my mare so those days we will you know ship as many stallions as we need to to take care of our orders for that day and you know FedEx UPS overnight we can have semen in California the next morning how's it I, wow. I know this is a dumb question but I'm going to ask it anyway because I'm known for that how does how does it ship does it dry ice I is that a dumb question? No, it's yeah, it's it's considered fresh chilled, and we have special. Uh, it's a disposable shipping box that is especially for that, and we the semen is drawn up into uh, two syringes, and then there's just a free a special freezer block that lays in on top, and then we close the box up with a styrofoam center, and it will hold that that semen chilled, cooled for, you know, up to 72 hours. Okay. I was not all stallions way. will hold that. Yeah. Not all stallions will hold that long, but, um, it, it will, it will chill it for up to 72 hours. Ah, okay. Got it. So have you ever had to explain to the UPS or FedEx what it is in there? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yeah, we have, but, um, We've had the same drivers now uh, on both of them for so long that that they know exactly what it is. Are they? <laughs> but sure? yeah, if we get a new driver, <laughs> we, we and we actually have our breeding shed. You know, it it has a big open door, and and uh, sometimes they've caught us in the act, and uh, they're quite intrigued when they pull up. <laughs> have you noticed that your UPS drivers wearing gloves for your stop now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, he does. <laughs> See, I do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so where 
there's got to be some stories on how far you have shipped semen. Is it gone global? I'm, I'm, I know because I know you, it's gone global, but tell us some about the neat faraway places you've sent. Well, I mean, we've shipped in North America, we've shipped to every corner. I mean, up Canada, I think we've shipped to every province over the years and, and even a couple of the maritime provinces. Um, it's a little harder to get it up there, but you know, we found a way. And probably almost every state in, in the United States, every corner. Um, the one stallion that is standing here, this is his third season here. He's owned by the Dingmans in Michigan. And he was actually went through the quarantine process so that he can be shipped out of North America. And there were four foals born from him in Australia in, in 2016 from frozen semen. Um, so that, you know, that was pretty remarkable. Oh, I think... Uh... I think we may have lost Lisa here. So, uh, I, oh no! Yeah, so I'll try and oh. get her back. I do have a question though. So, now, is it? I would think that if you're, if I've got a mare, and I'm, it seems like a daunting task to 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 pick a boyfriend, right? So, is <laughs> do you help guide people through that too? Because I'd be calling you up, going, I don't really know, you know. And I'm sure that's. Am I the only one that has issues with that? No, we we get that a lot. Um, a lot of people will send us the pedigree of their mare and say, you know, look at this, what, what do you think? And, you know, you can't always look on paper, but, you know, na- naturally you don't want to breed something that is really too close to one of our stallions. So we'll look at that, and then we'll talk to the owners and say, when you look at your mare, what do you want to change? Or what don't you like about your mare? And, you know, they'll, they'll tell us, you know, maybe she's too long in the back or, um, you know, doesn't have a good enough foot or something like that. And then we, we'll try to match them up with something here that could, could you know, hopefully help them in that, in that area. Now, if it... If it doesn't work, how does it work as far as uh, I order a batch and all of a sudden there's no, she doesn't get pregnant? How does that work? Well, our everybody's contracts are different um, that does this. But with our contract, we guarantee the mare to get pregnant. So we will ship as many times as we have to in a season, you know, with, with just one stud fee to get her pregnant. If she, if she doesn't settle or, or it turns out that she has some kind of physiological problem why she's not getting pregnant, then we'll carry it over till the next season for them and, and hopefully they get her straightened out or we will transfer it to another mare, um, you know, that, that can more easily get pregnant okay. just so they don't lose their stud fee. Right. But now you, you ship all across, but... If you have locals that want to come, you actually do on-farm breeding as well. Yeah. Like I said, about 75% is shipped and and about 25% come on the farm. Um, I I would rather ship it because when we have 50 or 60 horses here of our own, you know, the last thing I need is a a bunch more outside mares A bunch of mares wandering around. (laughs) 
Right. But there are there are situations where there's a difficult mare uh, for somebody, and, and they would rather have her sent here. Or people that don't have access to, you know, vets that are, are really knowledgeable, you know, with this practice. So they would rather send them here. Um, now, I gotta, and, and that's fine. I have, I, would, a, I, would, I have a guy question. Which do the boys prefer? Uh, oh, <laughs> Well, everything is done artificial, even if it's here. We oh, do no okay. live cover. All right. just... <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's no better for them either way. <laughs> okay. Oh, Lord. Oh, my. But you, surely you have Lisa, some... Lisa, you're the one that started this you... show down that road, so don't talk to me about it. <laughs> oh, well, surely you have some funny story. I mean, there's got to be... There's got, you know, I know we're all good friends with Lynn, and, and I know he's saying there's got to be stories there, Rhonda, to tell that somebody inseminated in the wrong place or they did something wrong or didn't open it in oh, time. We've, yeah, we've had uh, years ago when they had the old equitainers, you know, the old blue, mm-hmm. big blue containers. Equitainers. Yes, that we used to ship in, and you you package the semen in sterile baby bottle liners, and oftentimes they wouldn't fit in the cup just right, so the equitainers came with a ballast bag to wrap around those bags, mm-hmm. and it was had a had a really bright, dark purple fluid in it, and one time i sh- I shipped to a guy. And when the container was sent back to us, the ballast bag was gone, and the bags of semen were still in the cup. <laughs> and, and, you know, you get that, holy smokes, what what happened, what did this guy do? And, mm-hmm. yes, he inseminated his mare with the ballast bag and <laughs> sent the semen back. Now, the big question is, did she so, get pregnant? Uh, because that would be... Yeah, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> No, no, and, and she had to get flushed out a couple of times before we could do it again. And uh, so, yeah, there, there's been some, uh, you know, that's funny. funny well, well, and, like that. and because I know you, this this is a funny one too. A lot of your clients are repeat customers and, and friends of yours and, and fellow exhibitors. Sometimes you get treats back in the mail when they return your containers to you. Yeah, yeah, when they come back. I, I don't know how that got started, but uh, it, it's, it's got to be a little bit of a joke now what, uh, what comes back in the containers. Um, Please tell me they're like not said, sending cookies there's, or there's, baked goods. Oh, yeah, I get candy. Uh, <laughs> there's been some little, little toys come back in it. There's been some things I can't mention that have come back in them. <laughs> It's like Christmas every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it's it's fun and it's great to have you know relationships like that with our customers. We we do have a lot of fun with it. So how many how many horses do you have on the farm yourself? Uh, there's we've had anywhere from fifty to seventy. It kind of ranges in that you know in in that range depending on That's how many we've sold lot that season of hay or, in the winter time. Oh yes, that, yes, it is a lot of hay. Yeah. <laughs> we make hay, our but, own hay. Well, thank God. I mean, geez. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't want to buy that, hay for all that. 
no, but I think one thing that's the, the best thing when people are looking to breed their mares, you don't deal with a lot of strangers. You deal with people that, that you know or that know of you. And to say that you're breeding horses says a lot because of your history. You you have had champions all across from hitching to halter. You've had national champions. You've had world champions. If someone sees the name Penwood Perturns or know that you have fit a horse or got a horse ready for the show ring or the sale arena, they know it's going to come out at its absolute best. And you've worked in the last few years with Jane Gray um, to promote the Trip Crest Pertern Mares. And you and your family showcase a six-horse hitch. And you've, you've won some accolades in that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of an overall uh, business we have here. It, it, I mean, the breeding is a big part of it, but we do a lot of training. Um, you know, the competitive hitching, I mean, it's it's a little bit of everything here. We don't really have any downtime any part of the year. We just sort of move from one thing into another, and it's right, it's busy. Right. Well, and and like I said, you've had some championships. You part of the Trip Crest. You were the 2010 World Champion Mare Six Horse Hitch um, at the national show. You in 2014 and 15, you've been the Champion Mare Six Horse Hitch. So when people are looking to breed, I say go where the proof is in the pudding. And you and you and your family have a history in our portrait industry, and you know what you're doing. And regardless if Chad thinks he's the boss, I honestly know that you are the boss there. <laughs> he's probably listening somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, just give yourself a plug. I know well, we're, we're it was all Lisa that said it. that. Let's clarify it was Lisa that said that, uh, not Rhonda. <laughs> Okay, just clarify. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we have this big upcoming horse sale coming up in Gordyville, which is in my back door, but I think you, you're going to be there with some horses as well. Yeah, we're taking three uh, yearlings there this year. Um, Perfect. So, so if somebody wants to get exciting. in the Pertrand business, there they go. They can come to Gordyville. Yes, there's two young stallions going and a filly. Perfect. And and I know you grew up in Canada. Now, did you grow up with Pertrins? No, I did not. Uh, I grew up with light horses, actually, um, okay. and uh, met some great people with draft horses, started started showing with them, and, and that's how I met my husband. Uh, I met him at the Calgary Stampede, actually. Oh, there you go. Wow. Well, that's, good, that's a good place circle? to meet. <laughs> Now, Absolutely, because I saw your daughter Jordan at, at Stampede this year helping with some horses. So, you know, yep, it, it, yep. I try to explain to Glenn, it is a family. Wherever you go, you always see somebody you know in this draft horse industry. And, uh, again, I think uh, you and Chad and, and the Cole family have done some tremendous things for the Pertron industry. And it's just nice to have you on our show. And if, if well, anybody's interested in shipping semen or, or breeding to any of your stallions, tell us how they can pictures or, or how they can follow up with your horses? Well, uh, we have a Facebook page under Penwood's Pertrans. You can go on there and, and most of their pictures are on there or you can contact us um, and we can send you a brochure out that 
that has all the stallions on it, explains everything. Um, or our our website is www.penwoodspertrance.com. Um, you know, you can find us if you receive the Draft Horse Journal or the Pertrin News. If you're a part of the Pertrin Horse Association, we always have ads in in both those magazines. Very Absolutely. good. Well, and I think we're on. If you ever have an extra stocking cap, you need to send it to Glenn because he will absolutely get a kick out of you, the stocking caps that uh, <laughs> Penwood puts out. You can only imagine can what logo that. is embroidered yeah, on it, I, I can imagine, actually. I can imagine. I was going to say, I can... if you ever have an extra percheron that doesn't eat a lot, send them on down to Florida, too. Maybe one that doesn't do well in the cold weather, you know, that really would like to live in Florida, just send him on down, too. Okay. Well, well, well I think Rhonda has... Is... Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> you and think I your think hay's Rhonda's expensive up there? In... <laughs> She's been in your neck of woods. I know Penwood showed down at the Ocala show when it was in full force. So she has been we in your did. backyard, Glenn. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rhonda. We appreciate you being on, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Thanks. Have a great day. She she wasn't offering well, to send one of the non-eating Percherons down, was she? Uh, no, no, no. But I have to tell you, her hat, you know, does have, it says Penwood Percherons, and it has a nice embroidery symbol swimming <laughs> swimming symbol on it and i can remember as the mom of a freshman getting called to school to say your son cannot wear this hat to school <laughs> but he has a bumper sticker so hey you know it's it's just, it's, it's kind of comical and it all comes full circle boy this show has a theme today doesn't it we're, we're, we're welcome be, to 2017 we'll be right back in a minute after we hear from shift shawana Shipshawana Harness and Supplies in the heart of draft horse country in Shipshawana, Indiana is your source for everything draft horse. Their large inventory of in-house crafted harness, halters, and show bridles, showtime blankets, sweats, wagons, and carts, horse care products, and even shoeing supplies will fill the needs of the heavy horse hobbyist, the horse farmer, the heavy horse exhibitor, and the horse pulling competitor. You can find them online at ShipshawanaHarness.com, as well as on Facebook at Shipshawana Harness. Or you can give them a call at 260-768-7254. Just ask for Bob. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, your source for everything draft horse. You are listening to one of my favorite episodes every month to do, and that's Hanging Out with Lisa. We're doing the Draft Horse episode, which, of course, is brought to you by the Draft Horse Journal. Speaking of sales, coming up in March is the Waverly Midwest Horse Sale. It's the longest-running and largest public draft horse auction in existence. Its role in the heavy horses revival can, can't be argued. When it began back in 1948, it was the only venue of its kind, and today the Waverly Midwest Horse Sale remains the draft horse market to which all others are compared. Held each spring and fall, it's far more than an auction. It's a great tradition. 
Join them in the heart of horse country, March 28th through the 31st, as they auction off tack and horse-drawn equipment, horse collectibles, and over 700 head of horses, including some of the finest draft teams in North America of every size, style, and color. Even draft crosses, mules, light driving teams, ponies, and miniatures can be found at the Waverly Midwest Horse Sale. Consignments for spring sale, March 28th through the 31st, will be accepted right up to sale time, but to be included in the sale catalog, you must... They must be received by tomorrow, February 3rd. So if you want to be in the catalog, you have to chop, chop and get on it. For more information, visit WaverlySales.com or on Facebook at Waverly Midwest Horse Sale, or you can give them a call at 319-352-2804. All right, you recorded this next interview, and I think you recorded it a little bit ago, right? I did. It was this fall. I had a chance to go out to Grass Valley, California. I had never been out to the Nevada County Fairgrounds or been out to Grass Valley, had a chance to go out there this year. And I'm telling you, Glenn, it is one of the most beautiful facilities to showcase. The Ponderosa Pines kind of set the stage and they're 20, 30 feet tall, hundred years old pine trees. And Yes, you think you're in California, but I'm telling you, I about froze. It was cold the day we were there. I mean, it was in the, the 50s and got down in the 40s at night. But it is, it is just a tremendous show. And we're going to talk today to Eleanor Roberts, and she is one of the directors of the show. But here you are. You're in um, California. You're in the trees, and you're in a setting that is totally dedicated to draft horses and entertainment. There is a line to get in. People people are in line for an hour to get in to find a seat. The best thing is it's a draft horse show, but there's never a dull moment. If the draft horse class is done and placed and they leave, there's an entertainment act that comes in between each class. So it gives the exhibitors time to get back up to the stalling area and, and reconfigure their hitch from maybe a cart to a team because they do show everything from the single cart all the way up through the six-horse hitch. They have driving competitions. If you're looking for something to do and you're on that far west coast of this great country, Grass Valley is just a show that is second to none. And it started with very humble beginnings with just a few exhibitors and and a little bit of entertainment. And it has grown into a a premier draft horse show. So we're going to talk with Eleanor and, and she's got some great insights and she's very welcoming and inviting to get everybody to, to come out and experience everything California has to offer for draft horses. As we continue celebrating the Draft Horse Classic in Grass Valley, we're now talking to Eleanor Roberts. She has quite a a multitude of roles she plays here at the Classic Show. But one thing that's exciting is that she started as an exhibitor. She has seen this show progress, as I said, as an exhibitor showing horses to working her way up to now assistant manager of the event. So, Eleanor, it's good to talk to you. And... Again, what a tremendous job on showcasing the draft horses and the equine here at Grass Valley. One of the questions, as you have grown with the show, tell us a little bit about how it went from the transition to being exhibitor to being a part of the show and being staff. Thank you, Lisa. We, we started out when the, the show was a lot smaller, and since we got married, my husband and I came here on our honeymoon, we were always here about five days ahead, and anything they needed We'd be right there. They might need an interview or whatever. We are always here. So we started from there, and, and we just 
worked up to to we started with one single horse worked up to a six it's kind of like that you know and then in the beginning they needed an act and so I made a costume for my husband to ride as a knight so that's how we got the stalls we wanted and we had one stall and it got further and further than we had the whole barn row because my husband said I do not want to ride as an act anymore I want to drive like the big guys do so that's how it started wow that is that's exciting and now the roles have changed where you are now helping to keep the show organized and keeping everybody in line but also you play a big role as the paddock announcer and again being with my history as an announcer I don't very often get help getting things lined up to come here so when I was up there with you the last couple days watching you it's like a well-oiled machine you're keeping things moving in the background while the classes and the entertainments going in the arena and one we kind of made it a consistent comment that there's never a lull there's never downtime in the arena so as you're up on the up on the bleachers where you can see what's going on you have a great staff working with you down below but tell us again the, I, I think there would be a lot of respect from the Teamsters knowing that you're very well organized. Oh, well, thank you. But actually, I followed in footstep the Bonnie, who is now our announcer. She was the very first person that's the air traffic controller. The same thing in our industry is the, the paddock steward. And in, in this environment here, we are not just a horse show. We are actually an entire event. So there it never is in between classes we have entertainment in the arena. So the back in the back you have to coordinate all the hitches getting up there, our exhibitors getting up there with the entertainment getting up there because we don't want anybody not in the arena. And that's very very important and safety is such a huge concern and with the dynamics of this this facility, it's a beautiful, beautiful facility in Northern California with 100-foot pine trees, and you wind your way around the pine trees to stall your horses. It's just phenomenal, but it's not exactly smooth in a straight line to get everybody there. So we have exhibitors spread over, uh, I think it's a couple hundred acres here, I'm not sure, but that's how we have to get, we have to communicate communicate and get everyone up to the arena so really it's a big cooperation and and I just I have the privilege of of being up there because I'm still with the exhibitors which are my drafters family and then I get to interact with them and that's really really important so they make the job easy well I think you are very dedicated to your job you you told me before that you are a native Californian but you've now moved to Missouri you're in the show me state but you come back to Grass Valley in plenty of advanced days to help get the show organized. So again, that's showing your dedication. It's also my passion. This show will always remain my passion. This is this this show is very very. It'll be in my heart. I'm sure till I take my last breath and hope it isn't up on that tower. But I really really want to just. I want the show to be very successful. We are unique in a sense that we are the further most western part sh show in and what isn't really a circuit but coming here it is very expensive for any hitches or any of the teamsters or anybody to come here so we want to make it so they want to come here we're we're not part of you know it's not easy to get here and we want to make it special anybody who comes here they'll know we also have guided tours for our spectators this show is very important we have a goal of bringing the intimacy of our spectators down 
on the box. That's the job to bring everybody here. So we have people that come back every year to experience that. And in our barns, I don't know if you already discussed it, it's very open and accessible to spectators. They come, they touch the horses, they walk around, they actually meet people. And many people started in the stands and end up in the arena. So that's what makes this place very, very special to everyone. Well, and and I did see you in motion the last few days with your barn tours. Um, Day one, you came through with a group called the Beavers. They were the campers. And... I visited with them a, a little bit, and I, I would always say, where are you from? And a couple of them said, we're homeless. We just live in our campers, and we know that when it comes this time of the year that we're going to Grass Valley because that's going to be our home for the week to, to celebrate the gentle giants here at Grass Valley. So the barn tours, I did hear you getting asked some funny questions. Do they sleep? Do they lay down? How, how is the public with the tours? The public asks very, very interesting questions, and I encourage the questions because without that, they won't have the education, and those of us in this industry get asked these questions all the time, the tails, the shoeing. So it's an opportunity to share that these horses are really more important. They're Not only are they family members to all of us, they're, they're horses that helped start this country with its in- industry and the entire teamster spirit i try to uh, try to impart that and the history of the teamster in the united states and try and impart that to the people and the beavers for instance absolutely not a horse person in the group these are all people that have beaver motorhomes and this is part of one of their rallies and they're 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 actually like draft horse vagabonds that come here <laughs> and they cheer and they they have their favorite teamsters here and they come back and visit but that's the atmosphere that we have here because we it's it becomes a giant family and and just like the draft horse industry to me is it it really is it's very very special when you're down they bring you up your draft horse friends when you need help they help you when you're happy they share in your happiness and the thing that i always impart is in life a team effort is what makes success whether it is marriage relationship business, anything, partnership, just like a team of horses. When you're both pulling together, you get everything done. When one can't pull its weight, the other one helps. So that's basically the theory, at least my, you know, keep it simple theory. Well, I think that's amazing. And I think one of the um, funnier things for me personally was I thought when I was packing, I'm coming to California. It's going to be hot. What happened the first two days here? Uh, really freezing cold and you can have anything here because Northern California we've been rained out unfortunately had fires that closed it down because this is also a a staging area for the Northern California fire um, services but no freezing cold yeah I I know the first night I think sleeping here it was 45 degrees (laughs) but today it's 90 95 so it's it's well-rounded and as we've all said, it's one of the most beautiful settings to showcase the draft horses. And, and again, Eleanor has been a part from an exhibitor to a staff member to just a dedicated lover of our draft horses. And we appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you do also, Lisa. Seriously, thank you. Thanks, Eleanor. Well, there you go. Boy, we've, we've covered the whole entire country today. And, and I have to tell you, I've been writing down all of the different topics we discussed today. And and because if I put them all together, it would make the show X-rated. Uh, I but separately, you know, we could get away with it. But I guarantee you, we are the only live radio show in the world that has discussed all these different things today. With the, maybe I the do. exception of I, Howard I Stern, Howard Stern might have discussed these things today. But other than that, I think we're the only one.
<laughs> you know, uh, well, you know, and I enjoy talking to Eleanor, but of all the things that we've talked about and all of the guests, I think the one thing, and she said it the absolute best was her analogy of a team, whether it's in a marriage, a relationship, a team of horses, business partners, you all have to work together and pull together. And I think that's what's fun about this show. You and I have no idea what we're going to talk about when we start the show. And, and we just go with the flow. And, and being a team member and part of Horse Radio Network has been so fun for me and, and for our draft horse industry. People are really starting to anticipate. And I know Lynn at the Draft Horse Journal, our sponsor, he's getting calls, people that want, want to be our guests and want to be on our show. And, and I just think that's a growth that's exciting. We started this in August. Here it is, February. Wow, it We're seems still going like we've strong. been doing this for two years now. I mean, <laughs> it was just well, August? With my, with my lack of knowledge on Internet and <laughs> Skype, yes, you probably do feel like you, you have been You know what, though? We have 28 <laughs> hosts and are all the same as you. So the, well, you guys are see, good at horses, are, not so good at tech. That's my job. Well, people that are listening don't have a clue what you and I have been going through today. Our, <laughs> my computers went down three times. You've had to call me twice on my cell phone. Uh, you know, it's just funny, but we roll with it. And it's, it's that teamwork that I think is so exciting. And yes, you probably see a lot in your light horse industry, but the draft horse industry, I just can't say enough how exciting it is to to have a lot of my friends and people that I've admired be our guests on the show and talk about what really gets them excited in our draft horse world. Well, we're going to talk about some of those things coming up in just a minute. But first, if you're interested in a draft horse education, then Ocala is the place to be. Grandview Draft Horse Educational Clinics offer up to four different clinic types, breeding and foaling, everything show, draft horse 101, and everything driving, all clinics that are available. They welcome all levels of experience. Horses are provided by Grandview Clydesdales. And you don't have to bring your own horse. Each of these clinics will be instructed by two industry leaders, being both world champion drivers, showmen, and fitters, providing excellent information and walking you through the hands-on instruction. Make sure you check out Grand Horse Draft Grand View Draft Horse Educational Clinic's Facebook page for more information. You can also call them at 260-388-4279 or or give them an uh, you know email them at grandviewclinics at gmail.com for any questions that you might have. Located in the horse capital of the world, my neighbor's right here in Ocala, Florida. That's where education becomes a vacation. They still have spots available for February and March clinics. And as I said, you can find them at Grandview Draft Horse Educational Clinics on their Facebook page. Now, what's coming up in the upcoming events? Well, it looks like lots of sales coming up. If this is the kind of the time of the year when people are getting excited to to start making their plans for their shows. And like you just said, if you if if you're new to our industry and you want to get involved with anything from breeding to showing, you can and get a hold of the Cobb, Shannon, and Karen, and and go to their clinic and learn about horses. Or you can attend one of our upcoming events. February 6th, this weekend, is a special workhorse sale in Kelowna, in Kelowna, Iowa. It's home to um, a great sale barn. It's been there for many, many years, and they have all breeds of horses that go through the, the Kelowna sale. Also, February 15th, this could be a late Valentine's gift. You can go to Mel Stable Draft Horse Sale. That's in New Holland, Pennsylvania. Again, back in your old stomping yeah. ground. Um, February 21st. We bought horses 24th. from there. <laughs> so. See, you, that was your beginning, the humble beginning. 
But again, February 21st through the 24th is the Mid-America Draft Horse Sale, and that's in Gifford, Illinois. That is literally in my backyard. It's in Rantoul, Illinois area. Um, it is one of the premier draft horse sales. And the other ones, I, I do not give them maybe enough credit, the, the smaller sales. But when you come to Gordyville, this is the top of the line. This is the cream of the crop that goes through Gordyville, and it's all set up with with vendors and education seminars. I know the Belgians and the Pertrans are going to have some special events to promote their upcoming world shows and to promote their breed. The Clydesdale store and more will be set up. So if you're looking for a great way to get out into the Midwest, February 21st to the 24th is the Mid-American Draft Horse Sale. Uh, on March 1st to the 3rd is the Southern Indiana Draft Horse and Carriage Auction. That's down in Montgomery, Indiana, down in the southern part of Indiana. And then March 4th, LaRue Horse and Tax Sale in LaRue, Ohio. March 6th through the 10th is the Mid-Ohio Draft Horse and Carriage Sale in Mount Hope, Ohio. A lot of these sales focus around Amish communities, so you're going to get the good, steady workhorses. If you're looking for a team that's well-broke, and a lot of times when I'm announcing sales, I say, they're going to teach you something. If you're if you're not a big horse person and you get a team that's broke and went through one of these sales and you've had a chance to see them working, then that's a team that's going to teach you some things. You just have patience and they're going to have patience right back with you. So lots of sales to kick us off. And of course, that National Clydesdale sale that will be held in April, we so appreciate them being a part of our show. They're not only going to sell horses, they're promoting the iconic Clydesdales and there will be a lot of great things about the upcoming World Clydesdale Show that's going to happen at that event in April. And, of course, we have to thank Lynn from the Draft Horse Journal, who puts all this together, books all the guests, and, you know, makes sure that all He's the sponsors rock. in place. And if you don't he have, our rock. If you don't have uh, the Draft Horse Journal coming to your house, then head on over to drafthorsejournal.com and, and make sure it's shipped to your house. We get it. And I love, I, of course, I'm a guy, so I look at all the pictures first and then go back and read the articles. <laughs> but I, I always look at all the pictures first. I'm even looking at the ads pictures because the pictures in the draft horse journal are terrific and who doesn't want to look at pictures of draft horses to be honest so check that out head over to drafthorsejournal.com thank you lynn for all your hard work putting this together every month you can visit lisa on at her new website what is it again to starting tomorrow www.theclydesdalestoreandmore.com. And for all of you draft horse lovers out there, we have started some new shows also on the Horse Radio Network. I'll let you know about those real quick. We have a couple of brand new shows. If you're if you're into hunters and jumpers at all, then we have the Plaidcast uh, that has just started, and that's all about the world of hunters and jumpers. We also started the World Equestrian Games radio show. Samantha Clark and I did one back for 2010 World Equestrian games and we started uh, the we have two episodes in now to the 2018 WEG show all you can find all of our shows at horseradionetwork.com and the best way to listen to this show and all of our shows is on our own app just go to iOS or Android right on your phone search for horse radio network and download the free app you can stream the shows you can download with your phone and listen while you're on the airplane wherever or out driving your horses whatever you want to do horse radio network app is the best way to listen to our shows and we're part of the
the horses in the morning show here uh, on the Draft Horse episode every month. I think I, we've covered it about all. Thanks to all of our sponsors, the 2017 National Clydesdale Sales, Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, who have met a couple of our, our listeners now, the Spring 2017 Waverly Midwest Horse Sale, the Clydesdale Store and More, and the Grandview Draft Horse Educational Seminars. Well, Lisa, that was a mouthful. And uh, I guess. It is. Well, where are you heading off to next? Well, I will be going. Let me think. Oh, next weekend I'm in Oklahoma City. I will be at the Shire Horse Association annual meeting. Then I'll come home on Monday. And then Tuesday we move into the Mid-America Draft Horse Sale down at Gordyville. So I have a couple days off. And then we're going to hit it hard and running again and head up to Oklahoma City at that National Shire meeting. They are going to have some educational days out at Express Clydesdales in Yukon, Oklahoma. So it's a great way to bring draft horse people together. And Oklahoma City is a a great place to, to showcase the gentle giants. Very good. Well, thank you, everybody, and we'll see you all again next month. I want to remind you that the Draft Horse Show is here. The episode is here on Horses in the Morning, the first Thursday of every month. And you can find all the past episodes by going to horsesinthemorning.com and just search for Draft Horse or just search for Draft Horse Journal, and it'll bring up all the past episodes. And you can take a listen right there on the website at horsesinthemorning.com or horseradionetwork.com. Thanks a bunch, Lisa. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone.